Hold up, RIB fans, the boys are back. Episode, I think it's 75. We've got a, a little show coming to you today. We just wanted to ease back into it and a little lineup change this year for the podcast. Sadly, boys, Snacks is out. Adil, just looking at the rundown notes, you said that the uh, the cast is reduced, but the IQ is going up. What did you mean by that? <laughs> I did not write that at all. Snags, we know you love you. And uh, Snags did say he might he might do a couple of sneaky guest appearances. Mate, I'd be disappointed if he didn't. He added a lot to the to the podcast and he, an integral member. Would always love to have him back on as a, a special guest. He kind of morphed into a bit of a special guest over the latter half of he last He kind of did, actually. That's probably the reason why he's out. Let me introduce the stat man across from us. Welcome back. Thank you very much. I think you just had a little bit of a Freudian slip there as well, uh, touching base on Snags again. It said, Snags, we know you love you. And if that does not describe Snags to AT, I, I don't know what does. We know you love you, Snags. We know you love you. Um, I've been good, boys. Uh, it's been a while since we've been uh, since we've done this. We've had birthdays and Christmas and New Year's and UFC fight cards are plenty. Um, but we've got a couple of really, really good ones coming up ahead, which I'm very, very excited for as well. It's awesome stat, man. And the boys are bringing it back to their roots in this season of the podcast. Strictly MMA podcast. We'll talk some other stuff. We'll, we'll talk some pop culture. We'll talk mostly. It's going back to MMA, boys. So uh, excited. Stat man has a, a little bit of a swig of his drink. Just quality. I've got a, big, I've got a big ice cube in there, so it's making a clinking noise. So I was trying to avoid <laughs> all good, mate. that. How good is the attention. stat man looking? He is looking like a chiselled version of a man we once knew. Yes, mate. He's looking pretty sharp. The old stat man. Meanwhile, we're on a share screen and the Madison Square Garden's more like the Waverly yeah, Park I'm sorry. podcast. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> we uh, When the podcast finished last year, I, I changed it up, had a few other little projects on the go and I needed to change the room around. So it's not the final form, boys. To me and Stoney don't have to sit so close together. I like I it. Yeah, well, it's, it's it's nice. It's nice. Cozy. Boys, we might jump into the podcast. Like I said, it's going to be kind of be like an extended hot take today on the podcast. We might jump into it, lads. I don't think we could have started 2023 off without our boy Conor McGregor. Is Conor the ultimate PR man or is he just super unlucky? Yeah, I think he's a bit of both. Uh, he, he's certainly the ultimate PR man and also think he's a bit unlucky. There's a bit of rumours doing the rounds that maybe it was staged that he got knocked off the bike. And I know Statman's a bit of a savage and a kind of hater, so he's probably going to, you know, toe that line. But uh, yeah, he hasn't even been in the news. Just when everyone else has been flying under the radar, uh, kind of steps up. But I tell you, boys, what I am really excited about is 2023 John Kavanagh said you, you can bet your house on it that Connor is coming back. So straight from, well, not the horse's mouth, but maybe the horse's best friend's mouth, which is uh, just as good. Be interesting to see who gets matched up. Obviously, the the rumours, I think they're rumours, Statman around the Tony Ferguson. I don't know if that's confirmed, the ultimate fighter. But I think MMA is, I think it's always better, boys, with Conor McGregor in the house. Um, interested to hear what, what you boys think. It's nice that you mentioned the the bike crash. Sorry there, Statman, because I've actually, why Stoney was doing that, I pulled a little uh, little audio of that. It's actually quite funny. Off a blade, boy. Yeah. <laughs> all good, mate, all good. I'm totally Don't worry about it. Seriously. Uh, well, mate, that's nice. That's fucking hot. We could have been dead there, mate. Look, that guy's a team with me, boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Jesus Christ. I'm so sorry. I'm not getting away with my life there, boys, yeah? Do you want to? Do you want to? No, I don't give a while. It's all good, all good. 
Safe travels. God bless, brother. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> all good. All good. Do you want me to bring the bike home and... Uh, <laughs> do you know what? Yeah. Grab it and throw it into this. I'm going to actually need a lift home, mate. Yeah. That's, that bike's fucked. Yeah, no bother. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good luck. I'm about to come in. I'm about to get a smoke of a whip. I'm out. I'm out off a blade bike. Yeah. Uh, all good, mate. All good. I'm here. What's your name, my man? Nick Dooley. Nick, bro. Nick. I'm, Nick's had to smack me in the car with, with his car. You have the bike in the bank. <laughs> What's Nick's name, Nick? That's all. God bless. I'm a still here, thank God. I love the part where he gets him to say his name just so he can completely yeah. shame you in front of the world. Nick just smacked me off my bike. So there's, there's there's two there's absolutely two thoughts. I think I think Stoney hit the nail on the head. There's the two there's the conspiracy theory that it's a it's a fake to distract maybe from some other news that Conor McGregor might be in the news for. Um, I, I see that there's two solid pieces of evidence, one for either way. The, the proof to me that it is not a conspiracy and that this actually happened is uh, the shit face on the dude who hit Conor McGregor with the car in the car where the guy, where Conor's getting him to say his name. The dude looks like he <laughs> has seen a ghost and he looks like the, the saddest man in the world. The other side, the thing that to me is proof that it is a fake and it is a conspiracy theory is the fact that we know Conor McGregor punches old men in pubs for <laughs> refusing a whiskey and he's waving off getting run over run over by a car. Oh, no, it's fine. No worries, mate. No worries. So Conor McGregor is a uh, – maybe Conor McGregor is just an enigma. Maybe maybe, maybe he, he just has no real definable personality. depends on – whether or not you cut, catch him in a pub or whether you, not you catch him while he's on a bike. Um, you don't hear from him for six months and then suddenly he's in the news four days straight. So it's a very, very interesting time. And um, and, and Stoney hit the nail on the head. MMA is better when Conor McGregor is active. And uh, it's, it's kind of a little bit of evidence towards that. You've got... UFC 189, UFC 194, UFC 196, UFC 202, 205. They're all headlined by Conor McGregor. Like 189, five pay-per-views later, 194, two pay-per-views later, 196, six pay-per-views later, UFC 202, three pay-per-views later, 205. Um, so he fought three times each year for two years straight, and then we see him once every four years. Um, so I hope that this is the return to active McGregor. I hope that the leg injury brings back um, a fire in McGregor. I hope that the McGregor that we saw in the last two Dustin Poirier fights, as as composed as he was in the first round, um, I, I hope we see a, a more return to form and I hope we see a return to form of hungry, consistent, active McGregor because that's my favourite kind of McGregor and, um, and, and, and it keeps him out of trouble. Just quickly, has anyone done a welfare check on Nick? Because I know that the bird that allegedly, and I've got to say that allegedly got thrown off the yacht, I, I see her car got torched just the other week. Oh, shit, so really? I, I'm feeling that poor old Nick might just go missing in the next few weeks, boys. Let's uh, let's keep a, an eye on him. Oh, my God. We might have to bring Nick Watch into the as a segment into the podcast. Boys, this is the right time for Piero versus Adesanya too. 
Look, for me, boys, it is. Uh, I, I would have been intrigued by a, a Rob Whitaker and Paheya mm. fight, but honestly, I think that the UFC really ran the risk of if there was an upset there, or in many people's eyes, not an upset. If Rob Whitaker had a won that, it really takes away uh, the the likelihood or, or the intensity of a, a rematch. Uh, it's really funny because I say in the in the notes, deal you've got it. It's it's basically three zip. Well, yep. it, it's definitively three zip. Yet I still am not convinced that uh, that Adesanya is not the better fighter. As ridiculous mm. as that sounds, so for me, I'm really glad that's the next one they're doing. Beyond that, boys, you know, hot take. I, I don't think we see Alex in uh, this division beyond the rematch. I think he's looking at that 205. Uh, his mentor training Glover's. Uh, he's done and dusted now. There's a little bit of Daniel Cormier. Cain Velasquez about, you know, I'm not going to step into that division. Well, that's clear now, boys. And you look mm. at the the physical, I guess, size of Alex Pahaya, he, he is not built, I don't think, for 185. I think the whole reason we're seeing him there is for this Israel Adesanya angle. Once that's done and dusted, boys, he's off to 205. And I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm fancying his chances that, that uh, in that division. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's wild that the fights are 3 and 0. Oh. Um, if you look at the fights from a Wikipedia perspective, if you look at just the records, they tell a completely different story than if you sit down and watch them. So um, the first fight, uh, Paheya won by decision. It is unanimously recognised as a bullshit decision in the kickboxing world. Israel Adesanya like, outpointed out him, outscored him, and should have got that decision. The second fight, Adesanya was clearly winning the fight and then got knocked out by the touch of death that Alex has. And then a similar thing happened in their first MMA fight, their third fight, where uh, I had the fight going into the fifth 3-1 Adesanya, uh, and I think a lot of people did as well. And I thought that Adesanya came very, very, very close to finishing that fight at the end of the first first round. But Alex Bahia has uh, like a like just, just an eraser of a left hook. It is... It is unbelievable how much power he generates in that. It's also unbelievable how, how unrounded the rest of his MMA game is. I think that Alex Bahia is probably the weakest all-round champion in UFC recent history. He's also the most terrifying man to hold the title at the moment. He's, he's, he's just He's got that one-touch godlike power where... Israel Adesanya is one of the best middleweight fighters of all time. And I, like, Israel Adesanya is the favorite going into the third fight. I'm not putting money on that fight. I'm just not putting money on it because Israel Adesanya has to be perfect the entire fight, whereas Alex only has to hit him hard once. And it changes everything. Same thing with Jamal Hill. I think Jamal Hill's the better overall MMA fighter. A lot of fighters in the light heavyweight division would make mincemeat of, uh, of, Alex Pahaya. A lot of people in the middleweight division would probably make mincemeat of Alex Pahaya, but he's got that one-touch power that makes me go, you know what, he could be a two-division ch- champion just because he has that fuck-you power in his left hook. Um, it's It defies the laws of physics, it's unfair, and it makes me really want to watch that third fight. I need to see if it happens again. If it happens again, what do you do? What do you do at that point? Just walk away and, and, and go, okay, move up to light heavyweight. Cool. Good, good, good. Uh, uh, we in agreeing that he's off to light heavyweight after this step, man? He's a monster. He's a, like, I don't think he wants to stick around for the, the, the two through ten of middleweight division. I don't, I don't think he wants to sit around for Hazmat Shmaev to give up on welterweight and move into 
the middleweight rankings. I don't think he wants to wait around until um, I, I, I'm completely blanking on the guy, but the, the dude who submitted um, Jack Ray Souza and, and a bunch of other fighters is on the way up. He's got a bunch of submissions to his name. I'm kicking myself that I'm forgetting his name. He doesn't want those ground specialists who have takedown abilities to get to him. And light heavyweight have a lot more people who will stand with him. Like Jan Blahovic has a much better ground game than even Israel Adesanya. But I worry about MMA fighters and the pride that they bring to the cage. Even Jamal Hill, who has a way better ground game and a way better grappling game than uh, Alex Bahia, has always like, I'm not scared of his power. You fucking should be. You really <laughs> should be scared of that power because it, he deletes people. He hits people who have never been wobbled and knocks them out cold. Um, what's yeah. Israel's record across combat sports? It's like 102 and 7 or something something ridiculous like that. He's been knocked out exactly twice. And it's Alex Bahia both times. And I'll tell you just one final one for me to, to finish on DL is after the, the Glover Teixeira and Jamal Hill fight, uh, Alex Bahia is in the octagon. Uh, and I'll tell you what, out of those three lads, he's the biggest by some distance. So I think that's that's fairly telling and fairly compelling in my eyes that he's, he's on the way up as soon as this Adesanya uh, rivalry is complete. Boys, do we need a fifth Figueredo Marino fight? Statman, we might start with you on this one. I don't. I don't think so. I. I, I think. <laughs> I think that we're. I think that we're. I think that we're settled. I think that. Um, to be honest, I was a bit of a Marino doubter. Um, I like the guy a lot I, as a fighter. I think that he's got a really, really well-rounded skill set. Um, he should have probably lost the first fight. He got a. He got a rightful point deduction that allowed him to get the draw. Um, and then he won the second fight. And then the third fight was such a blowout the other way that I thought the second fight was a fluke. Now, the fourth fight has gone swung back the other way, and Moreno looked way better than Figueredo. I think we've we've seen the fight a bunch of times. Overall, uh, Moreno has shown to be the better fighter overall. Davison Figueredo is going to move up to Bannerweight. I think he's done with the flyweight division. I don't want to see the fifth the fifth fight. I want to see Moreno take on new challenges in the flyweight division. division. Really, really excited to see how he goes defending his title. And I hope the guy can get some more Lego in his collection. <laughs> well, Figueredo, when you think about it, he's only won once in that four fights. So, yeah, but he's so t- he, he's another scary, really scary fighter. The Joseph Benavides fight will like live on in my memory. Uh, the, just the beating that he put on that man twice. No, boys, you, it, there's nothing more for me to add. You look at it; it was draw, win, loss, and then the, the fourth one was to determine. Uh, the w- the winner of the rivalry is such. Now, barring something completely unforeseen and from left field, which we're not going to get from one of these lads, DL. So if Diego slept with uh, Brandon's wife, and kudos to him if he did because she's very good, attractive. But if something like that happened, which really evokes some emotion and, and some heat and some fire in that rivalry beyond what we've seen, then absolutely I'd, I'd be keen to see the, the fifth. But as it stands, I think everyone's just done with that. Um, there's only so many times you can see the same fight and the intrigue starts to dip. And I think I probably sound a little bit contradictory because I'm up here on one hand saying, all, all for it, let's see Izzy and Pahaya again for, for the fourth time. Uh, but I just feel that fight has more intrigue than seeing a fifth yeah. fight uh, between these two.
Boys, this one come up in the chat during the week. Uh, Dana White's power slap. There's a lot of articles going around at the moment uh, that it's uh, a little bit of – it's divided. It's divided the ones in the medical community, medical field. community the medical community, and even scared a few uh, ex-fighters. Now, boys, I've pulled a little clip. Just have a listen to this. You have 15 seconds. One. Two. Three. You got time, you got time. You got time here, sir? You got time? 20 seconds. We're right here. 20 seconds, maybe we take a knee. Boys, it's scary. Yeah, a lot of, lot of uh, conjecture in the medical community, but uh, not only about power slap DL. Uh, in terms of, look, it's a strangely <laughs> addictive thing to watch. Now, when I heard about the concept, I thought there's not a chance I'm going to be at all intrigued. And then as Statman said in the group chat, it keeps popping up every third post on my Instagram. I was compelled to watch a little bit and I got stuck watching and I just, I, I didn't, couldn't turn it off. Well, I could turn it off, but I just didn't feel the need to turn it off. Now, is it good for, for the participant? Hell no, absolutely not, DL. Uh, is there a market for it? And are people willing to sacrifice health for, for personal gain? Uh, absolutely, there is. We are, it's a savage sport, but we're, we're a bunch of savages who, are strangely addicted to seeing things like that. One thing I will give Power Slap kudos for, there's no false advertising here, DL. It's in the mm. name as to what you're going to get. Not like football or any of these <laughs> fake things over where you're waiting for the ball to hit the foot and it just doesn't happen. So if, if you're not aroused by Power Slap, just don't tune in, DL. So <laughs> I, I see it from both sides, but I, I can see there's a, a market for, for it. And hence, uh, I'm one of those people that turned it on and couldn't turn it off. I, th- I think you said that there was like some debate amongst the medical medical community. I don't think that there's much debate about the, throughout the medical community about this particular sport. Uh, you've actually shared us uh, in the, in the the group chat, Chris Nowinski, professional wrestler, former professional wrestler, Chris Nowinski, Harvard uh, neuroscientist, Chris Nowinski, who suffered a really really bad concussion during his professional wrestling run with the WWE and had to retire because of it and then dedicated his life from then to uh, kind of exposing the the role that concussions have in impacting the life of sports people specifically. I think I've said it on the podcast a couple of times after particularly heinous uh, knockouts or, or beatings, especially the Glover Tashira Anthony Smith fight. I think that's the one that sticks in my head is that I, I find it really, really hard sometimes to watch MMA when there is a long drawn out beating or a particularly brutal knockout. It's very, very exhilarating. The Francis Ngannou Alistair Overeem knockout is one of, I think it's the loudest I've ever yelled uh, ever in my life. I screamed so loud. And then there's like that kind of sinking feeling where you know that you've just watched some someone suffer a pretty debilitating injury. I can watch MMA pretty comfortable knowing that it is adults competing in a sport where they hitting their skills against each one another. If you're good enough, if you're a George St. Pierre, you very rarely take that that kind of damage. If you are Damien Meyer, you very rarely take that kind of damage. You can impose your will to an extent where you don't receive that damage, and that's kind of the the trade-off. It's it's um, high-level decision-making with dire physical repercussions. Power Slap removes all that. Power slap, you literally stand there, you can't flinch away, there's no technique, there's no strategy. There's no even like commonly accepted scientific designation for what makes a person difficult to knock out. Is it chin strength? Is it neck strength? 
Is it just luck? The, the timing that you get hit compared to the blood pressure going to your brain. So there's no skill involved in it. There's no, you're getting a concussion for, I think it was two and two, $2,000 to show up, $2,000 to get a win. You're getting concussion, which we know, especially from, uh, from the research in the NFL, significantly reduces your life expectancy. Uh, makes you, everyone who's ever watched pro wrestling knows Chris Benoit. His brain was riddled with CTE after he committed suicide and killed his wife and kids. We know that concussions <laughs> do absolutely terrible things to your brain and they should be avoided at all costs. Uh, and this is this is just... Took a bit of this a dark is turn. Just Took a very dark turn and, and we've gone to the complete, you know, the dark end of the scale, which that means substantially correct, like that is... Uh, you know, so certainly I'm sorry, what, what, one of, <laughs> one of the risks. It wouldn't be a podcast if Stamma didn't bring us all down. But a couple of things on that. Like, I think it's a wacky game and it's silly. <laughs> and the timing, it's, the timing is ridiculous for poor Dana White to try and run well, a power slap competition. Oh, and it's love funny. a little puff of chalk that comes off their face <laughs> when the slap. So Stamma's saying there is no skill. And the, the name escapes me, but Chael talked about on his podcast just last week that someone was trying to convince him that there is skill to it, that you can build your neck your neck muscles and, and if you blink at precisely the right time, that, that uh, lessens your chance of getting... Now, I don't know how much I subscribe to this DL, just yeah. to put that out there. Um, but look, there is a, 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 an enormous amount of evidence about repetitive subconcussive blows. Now, I haven't, and I've looked, I'm not an expert set man, but I haven't seen that same evidence. And of course, a neuro uh, is going to say, if I noogie my five-year-old, that's bad for, you know what I mean? Like, of course they're going to say it's bad. Like anytime there's trauma or impact to the head, it's going to be bad. It's not ideal. But I, I, the evidence I think is a little bit disjointed around the subconcussive. We're talking about footballers and wrestlers who are getting thousands over the, the lifespan of their career versus a power slot. I don't know how many times these, these lads are getting slapped uh, in the head. Are these ladies in training? Like, what's their training look like? <laughs> no sparring. What, I want to know what their training's I like. I had a light honestly. sparring week this week. But, but that's the big thing with MMA as well. Like we look at it and we say like who, who is an obvious example and I'm sure there, there might be some come to A lot of people say the Diaz boys and to be fair, in the last 13 years, Nate Diaz sounds no different from what he did back in 2010. Um, so I'm, I'm yet to really see the – and I thought MMA would be the sport. We'd start to see that by now. Uh, some could say Chuck Liddell, but then I saw an interview the other day and he sounded perfect. So I, I don't know. It's, uh, hey, Phil Baroni just recently uh, uh, from – I believe it's in the, sp- in the space of time between um, Christmas Eve and the 5th of January, one of those times. Uh, m- murdered his girlfriend in Mexico. Yeah, and, and look, it sucks, problem. but there's also a massive mental health um, <laughs> crisis out there as well. I don't want to deviate, but I think that could play a big role in some of these when we just attribute it to blows. Who knows? Um. <laughs> I'm so, I'm so I, do, I love the yes. <laughs> 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 we might move on from power and slap points. But, boys, I'm going to be watching the next one. Yeah. Book me in, Dale. <laughs> I'll try not to take it too dark. Sorry, guys. Sorry, boys. <laughs> Let's jump into the Any next other one. murders we want to cover off before the- <laughs> <laughs> Let's jump into the next one, boys. <laughs> Oh, I'm sure this is going to bring out the chat anyway. Boys, I thought a bit of fun. I chucked this one in just for you boys because I noticed in the chat lately it's been going a little bit of old school WWE. I found a little article on Reddit. Who are the top five heels in wrestling history? He's given Hulk Hogan, Steve Austin, 
John Cena, Scott Steiner, and Triple H. Boys, I'll throw it over to you. <laughs> Has anyone ever mentioned Steve Austin without putting the Stone Cold Steve Austin? Bit? It's like remember <laughs> no, the time. Remember, remember the time Snags called Dwayne Johnson. The, the, he got it around the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't even know. So I'm, I'm seeing a, a, a pretty big omission on there. Are you seeing someone that look? I'm seeing two. Two really big oh, omissions, two. two really big ones. Uh, so do you want do you want to go yours? Because I've got two, so I'll have another one. To yeah, add yeah. It. Uh, the 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 biggest, the best heel in 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 wrestling history, at least for the last I'd say thirty years, Vince McMahon. Hundred uh, percent. Got got to be Vince McMahon. He, he he created that that kind of that the owner heel, the corporate heel built stables around him. He was able to control the show. You fucking hated the man. Uh, absolutely brilliant character work from him. And uh, there's debate about how different is from the character that he is from the real life. But the man loves wrestling and the man is absolutely uh, sold as this asshole billionaire tyrant. Uh, and he didn't, he didn't, shy away from making himself the butt of the joke or on the losing end of things, which he very easily could have done, uh, which a lot of people when they get backroom power seem to do. They always make themselves unbeatable and, and invincible. And Vince McMahon often took his losses. He got shaved bald. He got his face in Rikishi's ass. He got ta- <laughs> tackled by Donald Trump at WrestleMania. Like there's um, there's some so many amazing moments from my wrestling childhood and and – and I always knew that wrestling was fake, but when you're watching it, sometimes you just completely forget it. If the story's good and the characters are good enough, you 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 suspend your disbelief. You, you're watching a Marvel movie. You turn your brain off and you forget that you're watching a movie. And that was pro wrestling from like 99 to 2006, or 98 to 2006 for me. And Vince McMahon was such a huge product of that because every time fucking No Chance from Hell hit the Titan Tron, I fucking hated that dude. I was like, you're ruining my night. Why are you out here now <laughs> to do some bullshit thing? So Vince McMahon to me is is the ultimate heel because the, the heel is the person that you want to see lose the most and they never quite do and always pisses you off. But um, he, he played it to perfection. We've got a few points to cover. One, I feel every time we go down and talk about WWE, whilst we reminisce fondly, Statman, I feel like we also vindicate DL for having never watched the watched it. So what things that we talk about about Rikishi. Vince and Rikishi's ass, I see DL, you know, nodding like, yep, that's why I've never watched it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, you know, the risk of Statman, um, you know, putting a psychological profile on me. Like I, I, I never hated Vince, but I was drawn to him. That might talk about the, uh, the m- my character a little more than it should be. Hell, but the, from the minute I watched it on, I, I couldn't look away. I was a team corporate man from day one. Uh, and that attitude here was just, you know, the, the absolute best that the so WWE have ever got. The one who I would put above Vince McMahon, it was only very short lived. Is the Rock? I think when he did the cross from uh, from face to heel and and joined Vince and Team Core, I think he played the heel role better than anyone has ever in any any sport. Like I know MMA's got uh, your heels in Chael and Colby and, and and Connor, but for sports entertainment, I thought the Rock just nailed it. And for the fact that that neither of them are on this top five list, I, I think we should be pulling out a tool of the week nomination. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of comments underneath that say Vince McMahon. Yeah, it, it, it's. 
absolutely incredible. So watching some of Vince McMahon's work, I think it was John Cena and Batista going over the top rope at Royal Rumble together. Their their feet hitting the ground at the right at the same time, and the Raw refs declaring Cena and the SmackDown refs declaring Batista, and then down comes Vince McMahon. He slides into the ring blows both his hamstrings <laughs> and he struggles to get to his feet. I'll send you the link to you. Struggles to get to his feet. His legs collapse against him because he's about there to deliver like the, the, the fighting. <laughs> this is what's going to happen. Legs blown. He leans against the ropes. <laughs> like Connor after he's broke his leg. <laughs> and then he delivers the evil boss speech <laughs> to perfection while his hamstrings were like literally like detached from his knee and coiling <laughs> up in his thigh. And that's just, the dude was 70 like, at that age. He really did his hamstrings. No, Legit, you can he see. He did not intend to. Oh, my God. You can that's... see his, like, legs kind of bunching up in his <laughs> suit pants. It's fucking horrible. you got to respect. And that's, uh, uh, not to go back to Connor for too long, but I respect Connor so much. I think he was talking a bunch of nonsense. But you watch Anderson Silva, absolute legend of the sport, one of the toughest fucking men in the history of MMA, after breaking his shin, and you can see the agony in his face stretched out of there as he rightfully should have been. Chris Weidman, same story. Conor well, McGregor. I don't know, that man. You say he's talking a bunch a of nonsense. Promo. I, I thought I rated his chances out in the car park. To be fair, <laughs> <laughs> would have been a would have been a brutally quick fight. I think. <laughs> All right, boys, let's move. On. Like we said, boys, a quick show to get us back started this season. We just wanted to talk about a couple of quick things coming up in the next couple of weeks. First one, the boys are in Perth. One third, uh, two thirds of the podcast. Sorry, it's that man. Two thirds of the right. podcast will be in Perth. So me and Stoney will be attending. Unless Both. anyone wants to shout my flights and tickets. <laughs> All silent here. All silent. <laughs> no, 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 I'm not. I'm, I'm putting it out there to the to the podcast verse. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> I don't Go for it. You guys, no. Anyone plead your case. Anyone? Anyone listening? What are you? Offering? Um, <laughs> what are you offering? Uh, what am I offering? <laughs> we can we can negotiate. It's fine. <laughs> well, if anyone can help Statman out, uh, he's uh, based in Sydney, so he'd need a flight from Sydney to Perth. So thank you very much. And the boys over in person, me and Stoney, looking forward to that. We are attending Eternal on the Saturday night. Looking forward to that. Unfortunately, there was a change in the main event. Big reason we're heading over is our boy JVH was headlining that. Unfortunately, JVH injured himself and pulled out of the main event. Uh, Stoney, what's our new main event? Yeah, so Rod Costa, who was going to be taking on JVH, has now got Sam Kakembo, uh, one, of, Jack one of Jack's boys, boys from yeah, Melb. So we'll absolutely. certainly be... Uh, uh, can we say that we're getting behind? I think we can, DL. We'll be getting behind the uh, yeah, might as well. the, the Victorian. Yep. Uh, it's a good card. We've got Alden Bates, our old friend from the podcast. Oh, makes a, Really? I didn't mm, realise Alden was on that card. That's sweet. Alden's on there. And uh, Stephen Ersig, which is uh, it's always, a, always a fun fight. So, no, lots to look forward to on that. And I think uh, the, the proper 12 drinks package is, is my main event, DL. Uh, <laughs> really looking forward to that one. Yeah, the boys did treat themselves with the uh, VIP proper 12. Uh, look, looking forward to that. And then uh, fresh as a daisy the next morning. Oh. Well, it's probably like a 7 a.m. kickoff. How's the tunnel as a curtain raiser? Remember, remember in the AFL you'd have the, the curtain raisers just to get your, your yeah yeah about? yeah yeah. That's a hell of a curtain raiser. So I can't wait for the eternal card. But yeah, it's spot on. Then it's an early start the next morning, uh, DL, and and it's an early start for my interest as well because Jack's yeah. kicking off pretty early. I yeah, think, Jack's pretty early. Yep. Jack's uh, pretty early. Normally when it's an early card, I, I kind of just ease into it. But I need to be peaking. We need to be peaking yeah, pretty we'll early. Yeah, we'll be right. Uh, and, and lasting the duration because it goes the whole way through. There's a you know. 
know, I don't want to be a downer. Really shattered that, that Rob Whitaker's off the card. Mm. Uh, very disappointed at, at all levels that Dan Hooker didn't make his way oh, onto the card. Yeah, would love that. Uh, but you know, Jack Della is another one to look forward to. He's That's been on the podcast be awesome. several yep. times. Several times. Uh, and then hasn't lost since being on the podcast. Hasn't lost. Hasn't lost. Uh, <laughs> is it? Yeah, he's lost only lost once. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> 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 hasn't lost well before the podcast, but we'll claim it. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, the main event, mate. I'm I'm highly up and about for that one. I, and this is a classic because you look at all the pound for pound uh, lists, which I think are you know to be fair, a bit of a crock of shit. But if you look at them all, you've got your number one and number two facing yeah. off. And uh, what I find incredibly ironic, boys, and can to get your take is a lot have Volk as the number one pound for pound. Yet in the matchup where they are going to be roughly pound for pound, they, they've got Islam winning the fight. So that it kind of uh, throws a bit of conjecture into the whole pound for pound if your number one is almost unanimously losing based on everyone's predictions. But look, I, I'm I'm loving what I'm hearing from the camp. Mm. Bulky sounding super confident. Uh, the the one thing that uh, I, I just was a little bit not sure that his coach was talking about how. It's really no different to the Chad Mendes fight where Chad got him down, but then he wasn't able to hold him there. I I, I love Chad Mendes. I just think he, if that's the benchmark that we're comparing to Islam Markchev, we might be in a little bit of strife. But I've got too much respect for that camp. They know what they're getting themselves in for. This is going to be a hell of a fight, and I'm all, all on board with Volko. I'm sensing two-way. I reckon the crowd's going to get behind him. Uh, I wish Khabib was there because I think that would just add another yeah, be cool. level of intensity. But anyway. Um, before Statman comments on this one, how and this is me being very uneducated. How often do pound per pound one and two ever get a chance to fight? I, I've never seen it. I've never seen. I, it. I don't think. I don't think. I don't think it's ever happened. Had Anderson Silva and GSP ever got teed up, which was bandied around many times around two thousand seven to two thousand and ten, that would have been the only time we would have ever seen it. Um, yeah, Ma- maybe if they'd gotten yeah Anderson Silva, John Jones, or maybe Izzy versus John Jones, you could have tweak the rankings to call it as a 1v2, but this has to be, uh, yeah, no, even when Mighty Mouse fought Demetrius, uh, even when Mighty Mouse fought Dominic Cruz, Mighty Mouse wasn't anywhere near the top of the pound for pound list. So this is this is it. This is the first time it's happened. Um, it's rare that the pound for pound fighters typically skew to the, the lower weight classes. So I, f- I feel like it's normally middleweight and up um, outside of Mighty Mouse. But this is a true... 1v2, like this is, I think uh, Islam Makachev with the victory over Charles Oliveira did silence a fair bit of doubters, especially with Charles Oliveira's run that he was on. Uh, I think that Islam Makachev has essentially inherited the legacy and the goodwill that Khabib came with. So this fight is amazing. This This is such an incredible fight because you've got a fighter with such an oppressive style, with such a aggressive grappling heavy approach against a fighter who looks calm, cool, and collected in every single situation. Islam Makhachev has fought so many people where the second that he gets a hold of them, he locks them down, they look lost. Khabib, the same thing with with Dustin Poirier, looking lost, I can't get him off me, all that sort of stuff. That's the Sambo style. That's their grappling-heavy style. I can't imagine a situation where Alex Volkanovsky goes back to his corner at the end of round one lost, defeated, and says, I can't get him off me. I don't have anything for this guy. That's just not Alex Volkanovsky's mentality. Um, he's got an incredible striking uh, striking game. He's got an incredible striking output. He's good on his uh, on his feet. He's good on the ground. We've seen him escape tricky situations with Brian Ortega, whose submission game might be as high up there with the best of the division. 
This fight is so intriguing to me. I don't think I'm going to put any money down on this fight because there's no way that I feel confident enough to pick a victor. But fuck me, what a good fight. What a great fight to headline the UFC's return to Australia. Um, I'm immensely jealous. You've got Yair Rodriguez versus Josh Emmett as well, uh, a second title fight for the interim featherweight title. We know whoever wins that fight will be fighting um, Volkanovski in his next return to featherweight, regardless win, lose, or draw against um, Islam Makachev. It's such a good fight. I cannot wait to watch it. And I am just going to sit there, watch it, and and probably have my jaw on the floor the entire fight. So... (laughs) Can't, cannot wait, boys. Honestly, I'm just going to throw it out there. I know you're spot on that that is for the number one contender at the 145. If Volk got up, I hope he doesn't go back because mm. I don't want to see a year or an, an Emmett fighting Volk. No. I think there's so many compelling fights in that in that 155. Um, yeah, it'd be a travesty to see him come from the heights of a, an Islam Markachev to go back down for, for that. But in any case, we, we've got that as a co-main event. If I have to order it, DL, that's probably number six yep. in, in, in the entire card in terms of fights I'm looking forward yeah, to. Yeah, some good fights. Uh, it, but the card runs deep. So whilst I'm a little bit salty on Rob and Dan not making the cut or, or you know, Rob making the cut but then fight falling through, uh, it's still a great card and going to be a great weekend. And then Super Bowl the next day. Oh, so yes, we are. Just we keeps are. on going. We are triple triple eventing it. We are going to a Super Bowl oh, party God. on the Monday. <laughs> so uh, all earlies. So like, <laughs> the um, Eternal starts at 2. The UFC starts at like 6 a.m. And the Super Bowl starts at 10 a.m. in the morning. So uh, Perth time. Oh, Perth time. So we might get a little bit more of a sleep in, in the uh, Super Bowl Mondays. Is that how it works? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Let's roll with it. <laughs> anyway, boys, that's episode 75 wrapped up. Like we said, nice little short hitter to get us back. Some of your favorite segments will be back in the next episode. Uh, we're also going to be running a few more guests through the podcast to jump onto the show. Look out for some of your favorites jumping back on the podcast. And that is us, uh, episode 75. I am producer DL. My name is Tony. I'm Statman. It's like no one knows what to do with snakes. So, right, so. I'll, I'll go back to I'll go back to looking at the run sheet. Let me have a let me have a little look. See. Okay. No, I'm I'm in there. I'm I'm first. You had an awkward sheet. pause. There's no. Yeah, he jumped in to try and save you, mate. Try to save. No, you. That's fair. Uh, that's we'll, fair. we'll run that's it back fair. with you all on the next round of our podcast. And boys, looking forward to Statman's new segment, Murder of the Week. <laughs> I can't wait, mate. That's gonna be great. <laughs> That'd be good fun, boys. <laughs> a little murder investigation each week. That'd be fun. They're, they're, they're a hot, hot topic in uh, podcasts, so... <laughs> yeah, I probably shouldn't have brought up Chris Benoit. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>